0: It's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to the Often Daunted Podcast, where, in case you are wondering, for me, your host, Burke White, it's dislike Nashville, respect Atlanta, overrated Cincinnati, underrated Cleveland, like Chicago, love Charleston, dream of living, Bay Village. I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas or whichever holiday celebration you or your family may celebrate. Thanks to my wife, listening right now, for my new pair of shoes, as she got me the Indiana Hoosiers Adidas Forum Low Tops. And they are now my go-to game day shoe of choice. Love those things. If you haven't listened to the Often Daunted podcast, I'm your host, Burke White. And as I do each episode, I will be recapping the latest game that we just had. That being the Indiana victory over Kennesaw State, 100-87. Following that, I'll get you into some Indiana news, the latest around the program, before heading into some Big Ten Conference news. Um, heavy ones this week. Uh, Following uh, just the top headlines out there around the conference, I'll get into the results that we've seen since the latest recording of the Often Daunted podcast. After that, I will get into a preview, this episode being that of the Nebraska Cornhuskers game coming up. And after that, I'll get you out of here with a Hoosier history hit. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't given me a follow, you can follow me anywhere that socials are available at Often Daunted. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for giving me the listen. If this is your first time, welcome. If uh, this is your second or third or however many times you've been coming back to the show, if you like the show, feel free to leave a rating. If you hate the show, just just uh, forget I said anything. So let's get into this one. Final score out of Bloomington, Indiana, 100. Kennesaw State, 87. So you know what that means. We cannot falter in the battle. We're tried and true. Indiana, 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 we're all for you. Boop, boop. As we do after each victory, we are going to hear the song. Uh, There was a lot to like. There was some to not like for sure. But uh, nevertheless, Indiana came into this game as 12.5 favorites in the eyes of Vegas, and they ended up winning by 13. So if you put your money on Indiana, you got a little victory there. That being said, Vegas is always right, you guys. Even if you think that you're beating the house right now, it is all part of their game to beat you in the end. Insane that uh, they are able to calculate these lines as they do, especially in a sport as crazy as college basketball, with as much variance as college basketball. And, the, the, yeah, Vegas aside, let's get into the game. What an absolutely weird first half that was to experience. I felt like our team was getting what they wanted, but that uh, Kennesaw State's team just nipped at their heels all the way into the half, just nipped, 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 got closer and closer. If any, if Indiana finds some gas to fuel a defensive effort on the perimeter, we run away with this game. But Indiana just allowed for too many threes, too many wide-open threes, to a team that they knew was going to look to utilize just that. Guess what? A mid-major major in Assembly Hall is going to look to beat you by threes. That is their best chance. And luckily, Indiana was able to find production to, I mean, outdo the Kennesaw State Owls in the end. Well, well, one could begrudge the defense. I want to start with some of the more positives, some of the more positive aspects of this game, and just uh, some of the performances of our guys. What an incredible outing for the Hoosiers as a whole! As six Hoosiers in double, as we had six Hoosiers in double digits. Yeah, six Hoosiers in double di- digits. Like this wasn't just Malik's career night, even though this absolutely was Malik's night. It was his. It was his and his alone. But also, like the Indiana Hoosiers being able to find six guys in double digits for points. That, that could be largely due to Kennesaw State largely controlling the tempo of this game which could be seen as a negative. I mean them controlling the tempo allotted us more possessions than we may have had all season but nonetheless good to see that uh, good to see some names produced that we will have to be able to turn to at times through the gauntlet that is Big Ten conference play before talking about the starters, I have to discuss who we didn't get to see. This was now Xavier Johnson's seventh game miss due to foot injury. And uh, whatever the case may be, come the new year, I want some information on what is going on or what isn't going on here. When when can we expect him or when can we not expect him? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's killing a lot of us. Just uh wondering when we can expect for Xavier to reenter the equation that is this Indiana team right now. Two key factors out of this one as uh, not only X out, but we also saw Kalel Ware absent from the Indiana bench with COVID. Which uh, I didn't even know was still something holding people out at this point. Who who let him test? <laughs> that's not, that's my only question. Who let him test? With Kalel out, we saw Peyton Sparks get the start. I thought we would have seen, I thought we would have seen McKenzie slide down and play the four to start with CJ Gunn or Caleb Banks in at the three. But the Hoosiers looked to keep the lineup big, and Peyton Sparks absolutely brought an effort today that fueled a good performance to make up for Kalel's loss here. Peyton was at full effort but far more tuned into the game and really focused on what was needed as he was able to have 10 points on four for four from the floor and eight rebounds to go along with a stellar four blocks in only his 14 minutes on the floor. Just oozing effort out there as he was doing it all with the time he was given. It was refreshing to see his effort be focused and as channeled as he was able to have it here. A lot of times throughout this season, I I think, like, Peyton has shown that he's going to bring an unbridled effort. He is going to bring it all every time he gets on the floor, and sometimes it's just uh, he's bringing it all, but it's going everywhere. Really good to see he was able to focus it here, and uh, we were able to get a stretch of really great subsidizing play from him with the absence of Kalel. Also affected by Kalel's absence, I mean through sheer attention alone, with Kalel wear out with COVID, Kennesaw's defense was looking to blanket Malik whenever he was given the ball inside, sometimes getting triple team down low, the absence of wear led all front-court att- attention directly to Malik. This didn't stop our guy one bit from having the game of his career. A 34-point double-double for Malik Renew absolutely incredible. 13 for 19 on the day. Malik had a showing that should make any Hoosier proud to call him one of our own. 34 points, 11 rebounds, just an incredible game for a Hoosier really starting to create some milestone moments in what will undoubtedly be a tenure in this program to be remembered. Sure, we saw a pretty typical five turnovers from Malik, but our guy is figuring it out and he's finding a way to produce at a level like he was tonight. If he's able to produce how he was tonight, I'm taking five turnovers. I'm taking it every day because I know that down the line, those will limit themselves. But if he's already finding this and he's building upon this, it's going to be a hell of a ball player we got here if we don't already have one. Malik Renew is like, he's easily one of the easiest people there is to root for. And this was just an incredibly awesome moment in a young career we are watching mature in front of our eyes. He's still just a sophomore. A performance like this should have Hoosiers delirious with anticipation for what else is in store for Malik's time in the candy stripes. Thank you, Jared Kelly, for tweeting out the uh, tweeting out an incredible stat regarding Malik Renews' night here. As he said, uh, Malik Renews' 34 points tonight are the most by an IU player at Assembly Hall since Trace Jackson Davis scored 43 against Marshall in 2021. Malik had total command of the game, and uh, despite the five turnovers, yes, they have to be brought up because... They are a problem in his game, but uh, also going seven for 11 from the line, Malik really brought it all to this one, and uh, we can largely credit this victory due to him. Of course, it took Trey getting him the ball just very well, which he did. but Malik, Malik took this game over, and it's it's a welcome sight for this Hoosier fan. The last piece of our front court, I mean, I talked about Peyton. I talked about Malik's just incredible night, Mackenzie, McKenzie out of the gate. He came out a sniper. Sinking three threes in the course of the first two minutes of this game, he was the largest bulk of production in Indiana's initial push out of the gate. He was on the floor for Indiana's best ball in that game, as while he was on the floor in the first half in particular, Indiana was leading 40-31 until he was subbed out. What followed him being subbed out was a 15-9 Kennesaw State run. Then it appeared that he may have tweaked his knee as he was seen in the second half with a heating pad on his leg. But uh, here's hoping he's okay. We absolutely need him. We need that pop that he brought in this one. Because uh, just the, the contribution on the offensive end can ultimately make up for a lot of the lapses on the defensive end. And McKenzie is starting to also put it together on the defensive end. I, I have to say that. He is a step slower there, sure. But his, his ability to get rebounds seems to tell me that he is putting himself in favorable positions sometimes at, as the opponent is getting a shot up. Over the course of his 14 minutes of play, he was able to haul in six rebounds as he went five for seven, including four for five from deep, scoring 14 points in that hot start. As for the Hoosier starting backcourt in this game, Trey Galloway was also able to contribute 14 points as as McKenzie was, being able to go five for nine, continuing to find a more efficient rate from the floor. He was able to continue to operate in the backcourt as he was able to generate seven assists throughout this one. Overall, this game was the McKenzie opener followed by the Malik show. But nonetheless, credit to Trey Galloway for being able to continue to exhibit a comfort with the increased responsibility forced upon our captain through sheer circumstance. It is through sheer circumstance with all the injuries out there with Xavier out that Trey Galloway has to be responsible for so much distribution responsibility, and uh, good to see that he stepped up in this one, and that I hope to God we can continue to rely on him to do that. To so, win another case of forced responsibility due to sheer circumstance is Gabe Cups. Gabe Cups again. It's not fair the role that he's been put that has been put on him, the sheer expectation even. But uh, nonetheless, we are here. Gabe was frisky on the defensive end, as he can always be trusted to be picking up st- two steals while also being reliable, having not committed a turnover in his 26 minutes of play in this game. But uh, I-, I really hope that he can start to find a way to grow his comfort in taking a shot. He made one of the three attempts he took today um, for a total of two points, that being a rushed, leaning mid-range jumper. I know I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair to be just like, man, why isn't this freshman giving us more? But th- this team desperately needs something from the two when conference play hits, and I I just think he needs to hunt his opportunity more. You see him uh, pass up opportunities often. You do. And it's like maybe he's not ready to take the shot right now, but, I mean, for the Hoosiers to be their best, for us to be a competitive team in anything that would actually matter down the line, we need something from that position, and uh, maybe that takes him struggling through lower percentages now while he finds it. But I, I just hope he can go out there and get some looks at the bucket, get some opportunities to, even if he doesn't sink them, just get the shots up, man. It'll come, the conversion will come, and uh, we will be over the moon excited once we have it. That being said, I'm not going to complain about Gabe's performance too much, as he is a freshman starter on a team that won. I'm going to accept that. Circumstances definitely considered, I am okay with his performance today. Coming off the bench for the backcourt, this game got to see quite a bit of Anthony Leal. Anthony Leal came into this game and held it down. Sure, the defense left a bit to be desired, but he did operate in the offense very well, when he was on the floor. And I've heard rumbling amongst our crowds that Leal needs CJ's minutes. Personally, I'm not giving up on CJ, being able to figure it out. For me, in the question of who should get those minutes, there's just too much potential laying dormant in CJ Gunn that if he can just get it together and have his game just click, like, it's going to pay dividends for this team as a whole to be able to have a piece that should be able to offer what he should be able to offer us. Um, I know we were all expecting that huge sophomore jump. There's still time to his sophomore year, so we can still hold out hope that we are going to get a bit of that here. That being said, it's getting to conference play, so we're really getting into the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, if there's a time to find it, it's right now. While it was a quiet showing from CJ in his eight minutes, we saw plenty of both Caleb Banks and Anthony Walker off the bench. As the duo contributed 22 points off the bench, both going for three for seven from the floor. Each of them got far more minutes with 24 for Caleb and 29 for Anthony with Mackenzie sidelined for whatever reason. And in their time on the floor, Caleb is really Caleb in particular was really looking to shoot the three as uh, he converted one of his four attempts from beyond. I I commend him for it. I I genuinely commend him for a 25% shooting performance because we need it. If he can find it for us by hunting from outside, by getting shots up, if he can eventually start to convert more and more of those through sheer repetition of getting shots up in actual gameplay, I'll take it. I'll take it. We need it. We need to find shooting because we have some tough games coming up that shooting will be needed in. And I commend him for taking those four three-pointers. I do. His one of four, I mean, it, it wasn't... It's only one, but it did contribute to Indiana's pretty decent shooting um on the night. Overall, just the team shooting was far better than was far better here than we had seen over the average of the season, going 47% from beyond. As the Hoosiers hit 7 of their 15 attempts, Indiana needs to desperately keep this stat growing as they are so that we can spread the floor to let the build of this roster work the way it needs to in order to find sustainable su- success in this conference. Just grateful to see that the Hoosiers found some of that shooting today. Let's get into the defensive side of that uh shooting though, even though the Hoosier perimeter offense was finding itself again here. The perimeter defense may have taken a backslide, as the Hoosiers allowed the Owls to hit 17 of their 35 shots from beyond. They were finding open threes on the same pick-drive-kick-out play over and over and over again. 48.6% from three by Kennesaw is a testament to Indiana's inability at times to properly rotate and contest open shooters throughout this game. Mc- I keep saying McNeese just because of that. I've been keeping up with that Michigan game, and jeez. But yeah, Kenn- Kennesaw, they saw so many open threes. Of course, I I feel like part of our game plan is to allow for open threes more more often than not. But I'm starting to think that may be a pretty poor game plan. Hell, I'm not paid millions of dollars to coach this team. So I have to freaking hope that Mike Woodson can address this, that he can see that this is an issue. Every three needs contested. We are giving up far too many open looks. And uh, while I can't say, yeah, their percentage is a reason to be upset about that, just the total amount of three-point shots, 35%. Yeah, they're a running gun team. They're going to look to get their opportunities from beyond, but that that's a lot of looks. That's a lot of opportunities. Some of them contested, I'm sure, but I feel like if you're properly defending the perimeter, the total amount of three-pointers taken is far less because they because they're stuffed up, they're jammed up, they're not even going to look to take it if you're defending it properly. So, yeah, that that 35 total attempts is concerning, for sure. But while while the perimeter was up for grabs, the interior was most definitely not. Indiana really stepped up the rebounding in this game, ending the stat battle 43 to 28 in favor of the good guys, and just making up for a haul of boards from our seven footer being sidelined. 20, 21 and 33 from the charity stripe. 12 points left at the line there. Yeah, but those free throws, man, yeah, 66% or whatever we hit. That's, that's nothing great, but it seems like the times we miss them, man, are very crucial moments of the game. And, uh,. Yeah, just the Indiana free throw shooting continues to be a worry of mine in this squad. And genuinely, my thoughts about Indiana's free throw shooting in that game, 21 for 33, it was just a shame McKenzie didn't get more time because uh, if he would have gotten more time, he would have gotten, he would have looked to get to the rim, could have ended up getting fouled and continued being like the Big Ten's best free throw shooter and uh, continued to work to bring up that class average for the rest of the Hoosiers. All in all though, we at least stuck to the script. As we were able to beat Vegas by half a point, and Indiana was able to get the 187 victory. While you could say, "Man, we've had some ugly wins," because we have genuinely had some very, very ugly wins. They're still wins. They're still wins, and they most definitely aren't losses on a resume. While the, while you while we've had plenty of ugly wins that could be brought up, at least they can't bring up an ugly loss. Uh, Auburn, <laughs> I guess. I guess Auburn was a pretty ugly loss, but a uh, uh, ugly and relative to our competition, I guess. Indiana's sitting at 10 and three. Two zero in the Big Ten, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to see the brighter side in this and just be like, hey, ten and three all day. If you'd have told me this Hoosier team went ten and three while they were figuring it out, hey, I'll take it, I'll take it. Don't tell me how bad we lost those games by though. The games we did lose, don't tell me how bad they went. Just uh, t- 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 tell me the Hoosiers are ten and three, and I yeah I might be taking that Big Ten play on the horizon. We're getting into it, folks. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Non cons in the books. Time to get into the brutality. Of Big Ten play. You want to talk the epitomes of brutality. Just Big Ten play all around. I want to end this recap by bringing up the good, the bad, and the ugly in that one. For the good, obviously, you have Malik's career night. Again, 37 minutes, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists added on to that. Just incredible work from a cornerstone of this program at this point. Yeah, it's crazy to say that because he is a sophomore, but he is... He's it man. He he's the he's the holdover in that front court from last season and he is stepping up and delivering to I hope beyond most people's expectations for the season. That performance for sure had it beyond most people's expectations for the season. And I'm just excited to see what else is in store for this kid. The other good we had three the three point shooting. I'll, I'll take it all day. Not the most shots up 7 for 15 though. Uh, yeah. That's that's quite a rate that we hadn't seen up until these uh previous two non-conference opponents. The bad free throws Free throws were terrible. Le- le- yeah, just leaving points at the line, points that could really make us look a lot better to the computers, to the dorks that decide how good and bad Indiana basketball is, I guess. And then the downright ugly, the three-point defense. The three-point defense, the three-point defense, man. it was, it was It's ugly. It's ugly. We need more pressure. Um, there are going to be some teams in this conference that take advantage of that Far more than these mid-majors might be able to. And yeah, tighten it up. It's time to tighten it up. There's no time left because we are at the dawn of the real Big Ten season now. Lastly, in this recap, your show Walter Fish of the Game. And he was the only name I mentioned in the good. Obviously, Show Walter Fish of the Game. Malik Renew. Again, I'm gonna go through the career stat line. Thirty-four points, eleven rebounds, four assists, adding on two steals in a block. Malik was doing it all. Again, most points since TJD in 2021. That that stat really yeah, I was taken back by that stat because I was like, man, I saw TJD have some monstrous performances last year and apparently wasn't able to hit the per- <laughs> the point totals that Malik was able to tonight, at least not in Assembly Hall. Just just incredible performance by s- such a promising player in this program. More, more to come from this kid, and I'm so excited to see it. With the recap of that game in the books, let's get on to some Indiana news for you. Jeff Rabjohns reported that there were quite a few prospective Hoosiers in attendance for this game. Joining commit Liam McNeely to watch the Kennesaw State game was Braylon Mullins, a class of 25, four-star shooting guard. I think I've brought Mullins up on the show before, so let's move on to who else was there. Jaden Johnson, class of 26, number 36 recruit overall, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, a uh, 6'5 shooting guard from Louisville, Kentucky. Those three apparently in attendance for the game. Uh, Again, awesome to see Liam getting to check out the future stomping grounds, getting to know the lay of the land, and uh, just keeping on acquainting himself with this program. Glad he got to see a victory for the Hoosiers. Other than that, news not a bunch from our squad right now, but with some of the conference news considered, it's, uh, again, no news is good news in that regard. A little tidbit, uh, Ja'Kai was seen on the floor before this game, taking his first public two-footed jumpers since his knee procedure. And in case you've been under a rock while TJD is lighting up the NBA, Maybe not lighting up, but man, really making his mark at TJD Muse has become a go-to account for me to get my fill of Trace Jackson Davis's proving of all the haters wrong at the the NBA level. This week at TJD Muse shared a tweet regarding Trace's last stretch of games, saying during this five-game win streak, Trace Jackson Davis has averaged 11.8 points per game, 10.3 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, while shooting 73.3% from the field. With that line in five games, he joins Mark Gasol in 2009 as the only rookies in NBA history to put up these numbers over a four-game span. Hashtag Dub Nation. (laughs) Yeah, that's So yeah, it's a Warrior Trace Jackson Davis fan account, and I love seeing Warrior Trace Jackson Davis fans. Welcome to the tribe. Like, we are all TJD fans here. TJD Muse also pointed out that, uh, fun fact, only one pair of rookie teammates have each recorded a double-double this season, and TJD is part of that with uh, Brandon Podziemski. And Trace Jackson Davis being the that uh, lone pair in the NBA right now. With that limited Indiana Hoosier news, let's get on to some of that national news. Last Friday night, uh, Michigan State's. Jeremy Fears was shot in the leg. ESPN's Myron Medcalf reported Michigan State men's basketball freshman Jeremy Fears suffered non-life-threatening injuries from a gunshot wound near his hometown of Joliet, Illinois, the school announced Saturday. Fears, 18, was shot in the leg Friday, or early Saturday. The school said he underwent surgery Saturday, but did not offer details surrounding the circumstances of the shooting. According to a statement from the Joliet Police Department, an 18-year-old man and a 19-year-old woman were both injured in an overnight shooting. The man was shot in the thigh and the woman was shot in the pelvis, police said, noting both injuries were non-life-threatening. Police said the man and woman were in a home with friends when a male gunman entered and began to shoot. Police said that they were not sure if the two victims were intended targets and have not located the suspect during an active investigation. Per Matthew Lonesby with Sports Illustrated, In his first media availability, since hearing the news of his freshman point guard suffering a gunshot wound to the leg, Michigan State's men's basketball coach, Tom Izzo, said his focus regarding Jeremy Fears is on the 19-year-old's recovery. It's a tragedy what's happened. It's really a shame, Izzo said. Jeremy is coming back tomorrow and he'll be with us here, rehabbing here. I talk to him every day. Once Fears is back on campus, Izzo said, the focus will be on assessing his injury and finding out the best path forward to help his freshman make a full recovery. In absolutely tragic news... Out of Illinois, per John Rothstein, Thursday afternoon, um, through a tweet breaking Illinois' Terrence Shannon Jr. has been suspended following charges of rape per release. On Wednesday, the Douglas County District Attorney issued a warrant for Shannon's arrest. Shannon traveled to Lawrence, which isn't Douglas County, um, Lawrence, Kansas, where he presented himself to authorities. Illinois police has reportedly known about this event since September. Terrence Shannon Jr. reportedly intends to take the case to trial, stating his innocence. Just a, just a absolutely tragic story all around. I pray for all those involved and reserve my personal judgment for the case to play out. If you're hit with a charge, I know it's a lot, that is a lot more serious than allegations. And uh, just, yeah, just, just tragic for everyone remotely attached to this, especially any potential victims. From a basketball standpoint, yeah, that just has to leave a program reeling. When your star player is suspended on rape charges like that, that had to hit a down bad Illinois fan base just based on how years implode pretty rough. And uh, that being said, I mean, it it isn't about that at all. It isn't about the basketball. It's about uh, justice being served if injustice was done. So here's hoping that uh, whoever needs to find a peaceful resolution to this and uh, yeah. Whoever needs the resolution from this gets it. Just, just, yeah, just a tough subject matter to discuss here. So I'll reserve uh, any more thoughts until we hear more about it. But let's get into some of the Big Ten results since our last time of recording. Since our last recording, Rutgers fell to Mississippi State as Clifford Omarui fouled out after three points in a game. Andre Hyatt led the Scarlet Knights with 18 points as Rutgers lost 60 to 70 to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Thursday, Maryland took on one in 12 Coppin State where the Terps were able to take the victory 75-53. Following that, Friday, Kanye Clary lit it up for Penn State as the Nittany Lions defeated Ryder 90-63. Clary with a career-high 29 points for Penn State. Iowa was able to find the range far more reliably than they had earlier in the season as they shot 32% from deep. The Hawkeyes were able to beat Northern Illinois 103-74 as six Hawkeyes had double digits in scoring here. Minnesota was able to beat Maine at home 80-62. No incredible solo performances in this one, as it was just a team effort on behalf of the Golden Gophers that decided this. Friday night, Michigan crushed our net ranking, as they made wins at Chrysler look far less valuable when the Wolverines lost to McNeese State 76-87. to McNeese State guard Shahada Wells dropped 30 points on the Michigan defense while also out-hustling them for 10 rebounds. Admittedly, McNeese came into this game ranked number 77 in Ken Palm, which is currently 10 spots higher than we find ourselves. Northwestern beat Jackson State 74-63, with Ty Berry sinking five three-pointers on his way to 20 points. Next up for the Northwestern is a trip to Champaign. The Fighting Illini showed plenty of fight after their morale-decimating week, as Marcus Domask took over distribution efforts for Ty- Terrence Shannon Jr., as he was able to notch a double-double with 11 points and 11 assists. Illinois gets the victory 104-71 over Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue played Friday night as uh, Zach Edey missed his only three-point attempt as the Boilermakers beat Eastern Kentucky 80-53. to Due to the lopsided nature of this one, Mason Gillis got tons of time as he was one of four Boilermakers in double digits and uh, was able to grab nine boards in his 17 minutes of play. And as, as for the rest of the teams that I just hadn't played since our last recording, um, I am excited to watch the Michigan State game um, Saturday. If you're listening to that, that would be the day I release these. I'm mean, I am excited to watch that game. I believe it's at two o'clock. Um, taking on Indiana State, the Sycamores. It's going to be a good game. I I think this uh, Indiana State team has has a lot to like, and uh, yeah, this would be a very bad. This would be a rough loss for Michigan State. So that uh, yeah, I'm I'm for sure gonna be grabbing that popcorn, grabbing a cold one, cause uh, it's Saturday and I deserve it. Maybe you should grab some popcorn, grab a cold one, cause it's Saturday and you deserve it. With those results in the books. I'm going to be getting into a word for my partners before getting into a preview for you. So, uh, stick around right after these words. I'll uh, have that Nebraska Cornhusker preview for you. The often daunted podcast is brought to you in partnership with big banter sports. Big banter sports is a collection of podcasts, one for each basketball and football from each of your big 10 schools out there. I can't thank them enough for, for inviting me into the operation and, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an awesome 2023 with them. Here's to an awesome 2024 with them. If you haven't followed them, that's everywhere at Big Banter Sports. If you haven't followed me, it's everywhere at Often Daunted. At Often Daunted. At Often Daunted. You can find it all socials. Thank you so much for giving me the listen and uh, yeah, let's get into a preview. All right, your Nebraska Cornhusker preview. Nebraska is currently sitting at 10 and one at home on the season, 12 and two overall. They sit at number 56 overall in the Ken Palm rankings, with the number 41 adjusted offense and the number 81 adjusted defense. They also currently sit at one and one in Big Ten play, having lost in Minnesota to the Golden Gophers, 78 to 65, before beating Michigan State at home, 77 to 70. The Huskers are coming off a game with South Carolina State University where they held the Bulldogs to 11.9% from the floor, 7% from three in the first half. It, it's truly a shame this one was a BTN plus only because I wanted to see what the hell was going on as Nebraska took the 50-11 to 11 lead into the half. With such a lead, their team is going to be coming into our matchup with well-rested legs, as only a single starter had 20 minutes with the rest fewer than that. The, the performance in that game that stood out to me was uh, C.J. Wilcher's 18 points in 19 minutes on 7-for-9 shooting, as I believe he has taken the step into the six-man favorite in my mind that Juwan Gary had vacated, also a Nebraska Cornhusker, that Juwan Gary had vacated uh, once he had moved into the Huskers starting lineup. As for the Huskers on the season as a whole... Kasai Tomonaga missed two games earlier this season due to injury, but in this, his senior season, Kasai Tomonaga is playing fairly well on the year. I I say this because Kasai hasn't lived up to what expectations may have been for him going into the season, as he is down in several key stats from last season. In his field goal percentage, he is down from 50.3% to 43.1, and from three-point range, he is down from 40% to 33. With these numbers in about the same minutes from last season, Tomonaga's performance this far has been much of last seasons he's going to make some key shots and keep your floor spread with his potential to shoot other than that we haven't seen him yet take like the next step in production the next step in him being a potential problem that uh, many had thought he might have taken this season and while I do say that like although he is down in many stats he is still averaging slightly more points per game than he had last season with 13.5 points per game right now but with all of the talk that surrounds Kasai Tomonaga the real central character of this Nebraska offense is really rink Mast. Rink Mask does a lot of the distribution for this Hawkeyes team from the post. He relentlessly fights for the offensive glass, giving Nebraska more than their fair share of second opportunities. Prior to tonight's game with South Carolina State, Mask has been one rebound away from averaging a double-double with 13 points per game and 9.9 rebounds per game. But as I said before, a lot of it runs through him, and he also leads the team in assists a game, with three of those a game, on the year. While he's such a central figure of their whole game plan. Um, Rink-Mass has sat out both of the North Dakota matchup and this most recent South Carolina State matchup for them in order to get some rest and to have a minor surgery before the Big Ten season. His timetable for return was a quote-unquote early January return, meaning I mean it it could be early January as in the first game of January, that being the Hoosiers. He is coming back from a uh, minor procedure in which he had loose cartilage in his knee and saw the end of the non-conference time as the time to clean it out. With with, with rink Mast, the Corn Huskers are so much more of a cohesive unit, and without him, the Hoosiers start this game with their opponent missing probably their most important piece. That is if he is out in this one. Who will not be out in this one is Juwan Gary. I said that uh, CJ Wilcher may be taking his spot for sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. Juwan Gary started the season coming off the bench as the Huskers go to sixth man. He was really doing enough in the non-conference, in my opinion, to make him a runaway favorite for the Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year. But when Josiah Alec was injured, he took his spot in the starting five, and I don't see him giving it back anytime soon. As Jawan continues to be Nebraska's leading scorer at 14.2 points per game, while thanks to his size and experience, he also adds 7.3 rebounds a game to his season stat line, Jawan Gary is such a veteran after having started his career in Alabama for two seasons before transferring into Nebraska prior to the beginning of last season. And he 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 just kept his head down, came off the bench, had no problem with it, contributed more and more, and is a no brainer to be in that starting lineup. Now that he he has undoubtedly earned the right. As for their backcourt, Bryce Williams Bryce Williams is a mid range throwback of a guard. He has the ability to score at every level. He isn't a huge three point problem, but if given a look from beyond, he is more than capable of draining it. He is able to get to the rim, but he truly does thrive with his mid range pop. Where he isn't a throwback in regards to his play style is uh, his size. Bryce Williams is six foot seven inches, 215 pounds, and the junior utilizes all of that size to make the most of his opportunities. Bryce Williams is currently tied with Tominaga as Nebraska's second leading scorer with 13.5 points per game. He has 5.5 rebounds per game to go along with that production. The ESPN matchup predictor currently has this one as a 72% chance of Nebraska victory. And rightfully so, it's a Big Ten game in Omaha or in Lincoln, wherever in Nebraska this is. And uh, they probably should be favored. That being said, I like the Hoosiers' chances here. I do, I do. You can't, yeah, <laughs> as is usually the case, you can't tell me otherwise. Our guys can win on any given day. As much as I don't like about this roster, I'd like so much more. If the Hoosiers can continue to find that outside shot, if, oh, how long is Khalil out with COVID? When, when was this diagnosed? When is this spreading period over? It's going to be uh, pretty important that we have him back on the floor to kick off this Big Ten season. Um, to resume it, I guess, because we had those two outliers. But with Malik showing what he showed today, yeah, sure, it was against Kennesaw State, but... uh if we can find a way to get McKenzie some more minutes, Mike, whatever happened, or if he was injured, if he was injured, then he was injured. That's it. Man, I would have liked to see more from him if he wasn't. If if, so, if whatever happened regarding McKenzie that had him taken out of this game, we are going to need McKenzie in this season. We are going to need him. And uh, I think this could be a big coming out party for him to just ball on the Big Ten real quick. Ball on the Big Ten and make a statement. Make a statement in Nebraska just uh, that, hey, he, he's back and he is ready to Reassume that likely Big Ten freshman of the year position. It's going to be tough. Every game in the Big Ten is, especially away games, but I believe in the Hoosiers. I think the Hoosiers can continue to find ways to win. Guess what? In the Big Ten, there are going to be close games, and the Hoosiers have found a willingness to win close games, a know-how to win close games, and that is going to be a great, great tool to have when conference play gets really going. Here's open January 3rd at 9 p.m. We see a Hoosier team take the floor that is ready to go, ready to reconvene Big Ten play with intention. Let's get on to the Hoosier History Hit and then we'll get you out of here. This is your Hoosier History Hit. For your Hoosier History Hit this week I wanted to keep it really short. I wanted to just shout out a tradition that had died due to COVID that uh I thought was a pretty cool New Year's Eve tradition. That being the Watermelon Drop taking place in Vincennes, Indiana each year. The indiana.gov website says of the watermelon, the National Watermelon Drop, The National well- Watermelon Drop is held on the grounds of the George Rogers Clark National Historical Park in downtown Vincennes, Indiana, annually on New Year's Eve. The event draws thousands of Hoosiers. A huge constructed watermelon is hoisted by a construction crane to 110 feet at the stroke of midnight. 16 Knox County-grown watermelons will be released from the bottom of the huge watermelon and fall to the splat platform. To the splatform. Sorry, it's a combined word. Splat platform. It is splatful. Splatform. Jesus. Followed by fireworks. The drop is preceded by several different forms of entertainment. And, uh, yeah, so since, since its creation in 2008, the 18-foot watermelon has become a star attraction in Vincennes. In including being toted around the city for various parades and festivals, um, up into the New Year's uh, celebration and uh, the, the the small town tradition stuff like that, that. I I really do love that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to. I'm not going to be digging into the history of who thought up the watermelon, who blah blah blah. I just wanted to shout out a uh, sad casualty of COVID, um, that being the Vincennes watermelon drop. Shout out, go look it up. Pretty pretty cool videos of them dropping watermelons from a hundred feet up. That was your who history. <laughs> yeah, very short today. Uh, i've kind of mail in that who's your history it in that brings us to the ending of the final episode of the often daunted podcast for the year 2023 And just the the 2023 year of the Often Taunted Podcast, I can't thank you all enough for it. We had a lot happen on the show this year from from the show standpoint. Um, Started up my partnership with Big Banter Sports and uh, started working with the rest of the network. And it's been really great working with uh, just the whole team there. I ended the year with 66 episodes of the show release, which, uh, hey, just a testament to my perseverance here on the airwaves. <laughs> and I uh, re- really began to see the show take more and more shape through that, uh, through this my first off-season this year. Um, setting the formula I've now got in place for the rest of this season. And lastly, from a show perspective, th- listenership, I will say, at this point, is roughly 12 times higher than it had been at this time last year. And uh, with the release of my episode number 12... So uh, it it really has been awesome watching the show grow, watching the listenership grow. And I appreciate you guys for giving me that, for uh, allowing me to take uh, some of your time and just share my thoughts on Indiana basketball. From a program standpoint, I've gotten to go to far more games this season, as my family's love for this program has grown with their time spent with me and uh, just in the know of IU basketball now. I got to see Trace Jackson Davis dominate the college game to an extent I didn't think was possible before he had to move on to much greener pastures and uh, now I am seeing him follow that up with being a significant role player in the NBA to the confusion of many of those analysts out there. I got to see Mike Woodson get Indiana a step closer in the tournament before they were booted by Miami. Got to see Mike send a one and doneer to the lottery. After that one and doneer was key to sweeping Purdue on the season. I learned of and fell in love with the games of both Kalel Ware and Mackenzie Mbaka. And it wasn't until the off season transfer portal we had any idea these guys were coming here or who these guys really were. to Be honest. And lastly, for the program perspective, I got to see Indiana land key recruiting target Liam McNeely. We we he was the one we were going after, and we got him. I, I, that is a great feeling. A top recruit that we put all of our eggs in the basket for. That we really truly committed to going and get. And we got him. And lastly, my year 2023, from a personal standpoint, I had my second year in me and my family's forever home. Uh, still a lot of work to do, but I have absolutely loved the progress my wife and I have made in making this place truly ours. I had another baby girl, adopted my oldest daughter. Only missed one episode, by the way, in doing both of those. And lastly, I've gotten more comfortable in my job outside, yeah, my, my real life job, and uh, just far more comfortable in recording of this show. It's been a fun year of growth, both both personally, professionally, and this hobby. And I appreciate you guys for checking in, seeing the show, seeing what what's become of it since the last time you've listened, or if you're a routine listener, God, I appreciate the hell out of you. But hey, here's to another year, and uh, I'm I'm so I'm so excited to see what another year of Indiana basketball has in store for us. Where will we all be this next year? Where, because with with the current nature of college basketball, the current nature of the transfer portal on a year to year basis, it's it is totally different identities for programs are possible. And uh, while it could go for the worst, like it's just it's exciting to think about where we could possibly be this time next year. So yeah, I hope you and yours all have a fantastic new year's eve i hope you have a fantastic new year's day i hope you set resolutions for yourself that you can hit that you can hit because hey we all need a win we all need a win keep them uh keep them aspirational but also keep them possible okay let's 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 get some w's under under our belt in this the year 2024 coming up thank you so much for giving me the listen have a great rest of your week i will be giving you a podcast thursday Uh, um be dropping that following the nebraska game May not be the morning after. I do have uh, my my sister's wedding is coming up next weekend. So uh, we've just got various things going on throughout the week to help her with in that regard. But I will get it out as soon as possible. I am hoping for Thursday, Thursday morning. But if not, it would definitely be that Friday. Thank you so much. God bless you and yours. Happy 2024. Lux at Veritas. Go Hoosiers. Down with the Huskers.